born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. It says, Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Every one of these statements that is asking us to do something, in reality, is helping us to learn how to deal with anger because everybody has an anger problem we can call it whatever we want to but it generally means that we want to get even we want to take vengeance we want to make somebody pay for hurting us be a blessing to them see christian life is not people being a blessing to you it would be great if everybody was okay so they're not learn how to be a blessing and ask the Lord to bless people. I very seldom ever ask God to curse somebody. I've asked God to put a hedge of thorns around people so that it would prick them and get them back to him. Look, he said, bless and curse not. I've watched people even swing at a golf ball, and the golf ball goes in the woods. They curse. Like it was that little golf ball's fault. That little golf ball, is, it doesn't have a mind. It can't think, can't reason. And yet every golfer I've ever seen talks to it. It can't hear a word, but they talk to it. No, 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 get down, down, now, stop, 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 stop. Oh, I went in the woods. And getting mad over there at that poor little old golf ball. He says, rejoice with them that do rejoice. Learning how to be happy when other people are happy. You know what? Some people, I think, want everybody to be miserable. Have you ever hoped that somebody doesn't succeed in something? I don't want anybody to fail. I want people to succeed. I want the best for them. I want them to enjoy life. I want them to be happy and joyful. I want them to do what's right in order to God to do that for them. But we shouldn't be thrilled to death because somebody's having a, a bad time. Well, look what he says. He says, rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Uh, there's a time and place for everything. 
But if everybody's joyful, you don't want to, you know, cry on their party either. Be not wise in your own conceits. Have you ever met somebody that was conceited? Like Paul says, I will become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. That means that you're supposed to talk to the person like, look, uh, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all sinners. Every time you hear me do the hand gesture, God loves us, but he hates our sin. This is what will keep you from being as angry. God's just given us a list of how to deal with the anger. Because everybody does get angry. We get angry at things don't work out right. We get angry at people. We can even get bad at the weather. If we get mad at the weather, have something planned, and then it rained. Recompense. The re- word recompense means payback. I think I have a commercial on now. It's payback time. <laughs> and then if people don't treat us right, you know, if you think too highly of yourself and people don't treat you right, you, you, you'll take offense to that. It, it's so easy to be offended. And that's why in the Bible it talks about here not being offended. Not being offended. Not offending and not being offended. Because most times if you're offended, you did it to yourself. You can choose to be offended or choose not to be offended. That's a personal choice. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Now the thing is this, and you ought to write it down in your paper. Evil will come. Evil will come. Evil things in this life are going to happen to you. But it doesn't say... Render evil for evil. It says, do not do that. Do not render evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. In other words, always seek to be honest. Because if you're not an honest person, that, that's, that's all you've really got going for you. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a man's good name is supposed to be honored above almost everything. Because are you honest? Serving the Lord has to deal with honesty between you and God and between you and people. Always seek to try to tell the truth. Is there a God in heaven? Yeah, do you know that? Do you believe that? All right, one day God is going to reveal, and then it'll be known. But until then, you can say it, and then you've got to let it go, and let people believe whatever they believe, because you can't change everything. But it is important to try to provide things honest in the sight of all men. Whatever you do, be honest. If it be possible, this is a verse you need to underline This is a good verse. I've preached on this verse quite a few times. If it be possible, now it's not always possible, as much as lieth in you, that will change with different people. Live peaceably with all men. Doesn't need too much to be said about it. If it's your husband or if it's your wife or whatever it is, live peaceably with all of them as much as possible, as much as lieth within you. In other words, I guess there's a line that's got to be drawn there comes a time when you just can't take it and you're going to be angry and you're going to say something that you should probably not say. But try to bear it as long as possible. Be long-suffering, as the Bible says in the book of Galatians in chapter 5 and verse 22. Look at the next statement. When he makes this statement here, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. The reason you are not to avenge yourself, in the first part of that verse, is because you're supposed to believe, I'm supposed to believe, God will take vengeance. To believe that God will get even, but he don't have to if you're going to. And he says, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. That's a good deed. If he thirst, give him drink. That's a good deed. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. That don't sound good. All right, here's a person laying on the ground up here. What are you going to do? I'm going to put some coals of fire. 
on his head. Now, I've been having to stoke the fire lately, and I opened that thing up and got a lot of hot coals in there, throw a couple more logs on that fire and close that door and fire's right up. Now, why would he say, if you're nice to somebody, you're throwing coals of fire on their head? Does that really sound like a nice thing to do? If that doesn't speak of vengeance, what does? Now, why would I want to put hot coals of fire on somebody's head? And if I'm nice to them, you mean I'm doing something good or bad to them? They say that this uh, doesn't mean putting coals of fire on somebody's head in order to burn them alive, you know. It says that sometimes your fire will go out. And so when your fire goes out and you don't have any hot coals to start a fire, then you go to your neighbor and ask him if you can have some hot coals. And they will take and put a, a hot coals upon a thing and you they would tote them up on their head and they would tote them home. So putting hot coals upon their head was a good deed. It was a neighborly thing. It was a good thing. Otherwise, all these other things would not have meant good thing because they would have meant that you were getting even and you were paying them back. You are recompensing and contradicts all of the other things it says in all the other verses. I think that is the meaning of this verse. Now, some people in, probably think this might mean, you know, by being nice to those who are unnice to you, unkind to you, it's like, you know, you're going to hell and here's another shovel full of coals on you. <laughs> I don't think that's what he's talking about. Because then that's you doing it, not God. And let God deal with it, but us do right. Now look at the next verse. Be not overcome of evil. It means evil will come, but don't let it get the advantage. Don't let it get the upper hand over you. But overcome evil with what? With good. Just keep doing good. Keep doing right. You can't make everybody do right by you. You can't make everybody say the right thing, do the right thing. And there's experiences in life that just are not always the best. Now look at the next statement. Anger in and of itself is not sinful. But when not properly dealt with, it may lead to a multitude of sins toward God, others, or oneself. We need to distinguish between being angry and sinning. Ephesians 4, 26, which is on the right-hand side of the page, on the right-hand column, and makes this statement, Be angry, be ye angry, and sin not. So you can be angry, but you don't have to sin. And we should be angry at some things. It's okay to get angry at everything that God can get angry at. If God can get angry at it, so can you. See how easy that is? If God can get angry at it, you can get angry at it. And if God is angry at your sin, then you can get angry at it too. If God can get angry at somebody else's sin, you can get angry at it too. You can get angry at everything in, that God can get angry at. And it can be a righteous anger. And we can get angry because of things that people say and do, but it's not to lead you to sin. Now, get the rest of this. Righteous anger can become unrighteous anger in two ways. This is generally what will happen in the lives of certain people. Now, based upon a person's temperament depends on how they handle the anger. Now, I am a, a high D. So a high D generally will do the part here, ventilation of anger, blowing up, you know, exploding, and saying it. We are generally uh, not short of words on verbal uh, anger and firing back. 
getting even. Then there's others that have a temperament of being quiet, shy, timid, and don't like to voice it all the time. They hold it in. So there's on the right-hand side, internalization of anger, clamming up. So there's uh, one that produces a hot war, and the other one produces a cold war. And they're both as a result of anger. Now, look what I have here underneath blowing up. His emotional energies are aimed and fired at someone else, not necessarily the right person. Did note somebody else can make you mad and angry, and you can explode on somebody else that had nothing to do with it. And then that person says, what, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? I just walked in here. And you could be the recipient of somebody's anger because they've got to explode on somebody. And so you just happen to be designated. So understand what people do and that there is a sin problem because anger that leads to sin is a sin problem. Number two, although it is designed to hurt others, it also hurts the ventilator by damage to one's body. There's often a powerful recoil to the immune system. Your bodies and my body is designed by God for peace, joy, happiness, and there's glands all worked all through our bodies. And when you're angry, the anger causes certain thing, chemical reactions in your body that is designed to, to destroy. And it destroys parts of your body and can produce a lot of things that affects your health. That's why it says in the Old Testament, bitterness is hardening of the bones. And it says, merriment is medicine to the bones. If you're a happy person, you have a tendency to be more healthy. But if you're a person who is controlled by anger that turns to bitter and resentment, then it also affects your health. Every doctor will tell you that. Because stress is a part of anger. Being stressful can be a part of anger because you're not casting your cares upon the Lord. But at least a lot of other things. But get this. Number three, when anger injures the relationship, it may destroy the friendship. In other words, you can have between two people something that injures that relationship and that anger can lead to a break of friendships. Now, over the years... You have no doubt I've seen that happen. You've had many people that used to be your friends, no longer your friends. I've had many people who used to be my friends, no longer my friends. And it's generally, it will always be traced back. There's anger somewhere. Anger that's not dealt with that leads to bitterness and resentment and makes you know a host of all kinds of other sins. The number four, and how many times have you seen this? After exploding on somebody and gotten it off his chest, many times wish to continue the relationship as though nothing ever happened. In other words, it's like a lady says to uh, Billy Sunday. She says, I may explode sometimes, but I get over it real quick. He says, yeah, a shotgun blast don't last long, but it sure does a lot of damage. In other words, I'm mad. My shotgun, boom. Now I feel better. Yeah, but what did you just do? You just blew away somebody. The anger, the explosion, the hurt, the damage, all of that 
You got it off your chest. Now, that's what a person does that can blow up and they can have a short fuse and this is what can happen. Now, remember, all these things are, this is Bible. All this is Bible. And some people call it, well, marriage counseling, you know, going to a good therapist and having somebody sit and counsel you and talking. Well, all that's good. Or you can learn how to counsel yourself. Because when you know the Bible, you can deal with some of these things. But sometimes a good friend can explain and share some of these things with you. And you also need sometimes somebody. But look at number five. Good Christian counseling provides therapy that allows one to express his verbal and physical expressions in a controlled environment. This is why sometimes it's good to have somebody, if you're having a very bad anger management problem, that you sometimes need to talk to somebody. Somebody you can talk to, you can trust, but you can sit down and, and say what you want to say without fear of retribution because of it. But trusting somebody can help you with that and how to deal with that. Because anger can destroy the health and the spiritual health, the physical health of any Christian. So if you don't know how to deal with the anger, it will deal with you and it's going to affect you. And it will affect the church, it'll affect your home, it'll affect, affect your relationship between husband and wife. It affects everything. A little thing called anger. It's how it's manifested in so many other areas. Now look at the other side. The person that doesn't blow up, but they clam up. It's on the inside. In other words, they're angry about something, but they don't say it. They don't come out and tell somebody. See, others, there's other kinds, they just say it, get it off their chest, speak their mind, boom, go. Then they feel better. There's others that will hold it inside, and they just seethe with it. It's called a slow burn. Look at number one. Does a slow burn. In other words, slowly inside, you're burning. Have you ever seen anybody? They're just burning, fuming. It's like somebody done lit a fuse, and you don't know if it's going, they're going to explode or not explode. Every person, every person sitting in here, including this guy right here, is one of these. We do this. This is how we respond to certain things. And so, number two, bodily tensions are released within oneself. In other words, you get all tensed up, keyed up, tightened up. It can cause all kind of neck problems, muscle problems, all kind of physical problems because you're tightening things up. You're not loose. You're not relaxed. And it causes a lot of stress because problems are not dealt with. Or because you thought something, that somebody, you know, was going to do this or that was going to happen. And you got to learn how to deal with disappointments. How do you deal with the, those things that don't go your way or go, don't go my way? Number two, I mean number three, holding it in for another leads to bitterness and resentment because you hold it in. And now the person that you're holding it in against may not have any clue anything's going on. And then you wonder, why can't they solve the problem? They can't solve a problem they don't even know exists. There's been a lot of times I wonder, how come Yankee didn't solve that problem? Because Yankee didn't know that problem was their problem. You may not solve some problem because you didn't even know there was one. And then you'll find out a year later, two years later, three years later, that something was bothering somebody and you had no clue because they held it in. Now, look at number four. Emotional energies of anger are non-productive. 
It will drain you physically. It'll drain you. Being bitter and anger and upset will work your stomach muscles like you can't believe. And you'll secrete juices into your stomach and throughout your body, and it'll change the chemical makeup, and you'll have health problems. All of it do because something's bothering you. Something can bother you, but you don't deal with it. And it says that you're not very productive because of it. Because it will eat at you, eat at you like cancer on the inside. Number five, it may last for hours, days, or years. And you hold it in. The person that blows up is generally a little bit better off. But they do a lot of damage to other people that many times have nothing to do with anything. And they, they, they damage the other person. This person is damaging themselves. And sooner or later, they, you don't know, they're like a stick of dynamite just waiting for somebody to set light a fuse, and they're going off. But then it's when they last straw, they can't handle any more, and then they have a nervous breakdown or something. Now, number six. Anger that directs emotional energies at oneself injures his own body, causing him to be irritable, sullen, sulky, tensed, and miserable. Just miserable. You ever met some people that just never seem to be happy? Never happy. They, it's always, it's going to be happy. They'll be happy tomorrow or maybe the next day or if this happens. But most times, generally, they're just not very happy people. And most people don't like to be around unhappy people. But not good company for others, for they appear to be very unhappy. Number seven. It produces an irreconcilable condition, for no one knows what is seething underneath. In other words, you can't solve the problem. Nobody can solve the person's problem because it's an inside job. Most homes, when they wreck them, it's an inside job. And the person who lets anger bitter build up inside of them and don't deal with the problem, it's an inside job. They destroy themselves. Look at number nine. Number nine. Boredom is a form of internalization of anger. Boredom is not passive, but an active rebellion against a situation in which he does not like, but thinks he cannot change. In other words, have, and I've done this, I'm bored. You know, I want to go fishing, or I want to go hunting, or I want to go play golf, I want to do something, and it's raining outside and I can't, so I'm just bored, I'm bored. In other words, I got a situation and I don't know how to change the situation. So I can become bored. You say, well, there's nothing wrong with being bored. But why are we bored? There's something I can't do, someplace I can't go. I am not as happy as I would be if I was doing that. So therefore, I am not in that situation. So this causes me to be bored. But boredom is not a passive thing like it doesn't bother me. Bored is something. It is saying, I am bored. I am not satisfied with the situation. And I want to change it. This is why it's good to have many things that you can do. Not to be a person of just one thing. I'm not talking about the gospel and so forth. I'm talking about ways in which you can do something. Okay, I can't do that. What else can I do? I can't do that. Okay, now what else can I do? Find something that you can do. But nobody should have to live a life of boredom. I've talked to teenagers that are just filled with boredom, bored, bored stiff. Because you know what? They want to go somewhere, do something that they can't, 
And that's why grounding them is, uh, you know, the death blow to them. Because that's the last thing they want to do is sit around the house and do nothing. They always want to go do something. Be active. The next statement, how to handle anger righteously. That's God's way. Well, what is God's way? Right up there in Romans chapter 12. Those verses that we have is the way to deal with anger in a righteous way. When it says, bless them that persecute you, because if you don't, you're going to get angry. Bless them that curse you, because if somebody curses you, you're going to get offended and you're going to get angry because of it. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Because if you're of the wrong kind of a mindset, you don't want people to be happy. Why? Because I'm not happy. And therefore, your being happy is a rebuke to me and I don't like it. People have got all kind of reasons. But these verses will help you to deal with the anger itself. Look down at the bottom of the page. You may freely display anger at everything God displays his anger. Angry is appropriate as a means of communication of feelings in reaction to another's behavior. Because anger is sometimes the way we can scold a child who disobeys. And there should be angry because the child disobeys. There's nothing wrong with being angry. Angry can be a good thing. God gets angry. The next statement. It may be a very necessary, powerful, emotional reaction that may be used but not abused. Anger is to be used. I, as a pastor, sometimes I get angry at the disobedience of God's people and the unfaithfulness of God's people. Now, do I have a right to be angry about that? Yes, I do. Why? Because God gets angry about that. I can get angry at anything God gets. If God's people live in sin, I should be angry about that. Why? Because God gets angry about that. You can be angry about that and rebuke because of that, but it's not to be abused. It's not to lead me to sin. I'm going to take matters into my own hand. Any Christian that doesn't serve the Lord right, I'm just going to shoot them. Now, would that be right? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to put them all in jail. Look at the next statement. In John chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus says, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. You know what he was talking about? You see, in John chapter 2, he went into the temple, and he saw the money changers in the temple. And he called it in one place, My house was a house of prayer. And you have made it a den of thieves. So he says, the zeal of the, the house has eaten me up. In other words, what I see of these people doing in this holy place has made me burn. And that's why he took the, the, the ropes and he beat the people out of there. Was he angry? <laughs> you got it right. Jesus Christ, when he was, got angry and he chased the people out of the place and said what he thought. I think he was angry when he told the Pharisees, you hypocrites, over and over again in Matthew chapter 23. He was angry. God is angry with the wicked every day. But I want you to look at this verse, Psalms 711 and verse 10. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. God judgeth the righteous and you ought to underline this in your Bible. God is angry with the wicked when? Every day. God's angry every day. But does God still love the world? Yeah, God loves the world, but he's, he's angry at the wicked because of what they do. If he's angry at the wicked because of what they do, don't you think he gets angry at the righteous because of what they do? 
Yes, he does. Then he makes a statement in verse 12. If he turn not, the person that's doing the wickedness, that making God angry, God, I believe, he will wet his sword, he hath bent his bow and made it ready, and you can bet your bottom dollar there's an arrow on the way. That arrow is a thing called trouble. And God has a quiver full of them. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.